O God, who came to us in fire and cloud on mountains long ago, who let the manna multiply and water flow from rocks, we thank you for giving us Jesus, your Son, who sits at our table, where he breaks bread with us and shares a cup. As we receive his body and blood, our true nourishment, may we offer to our brothers and sisters a life poured out in loving service. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people, Remember how for 40 years now the Lord, your God, has directed all your journeying in the desert, so as to test you by affliction and find out whether or not it was your intention to keep his commandments. He therefore let you be afflicted with hunger and then fed you with manna, a food unknown to you and your fathers, in order to show you that by not bread alone does one live, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of the Lord. Do not forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that place of slavery, who guided you through the vast and terrible desert with its seraphs, serpents, and scorpions, its parched and waterless ground, who brought forth water for you from the flinty rock and fed you in the desert with manna, a food unknown to your fathers. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because the loaf of bread is one, we, though many, are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to the Jewish crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. 
This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The story is told of an old, tough cowboy who wanted to share the secret uh, to reach an old age with his grandson. So he told him, what you need to do, uh, you, you need to sprinkle a little bit of a gun powder on your morning cereal and you will live a long, a long age. So the little boy, of course, followed that advice faithfully. And sure enough, he lived to the ripe old age of 93. And when he died, he left behind 10 children, 28 grandchildren, 35 great-grandchildren, and a 15-foot hole in the wall of the crematorium. <laughs> so you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with what we are celebrating today? Jesus gives us the secret not to a long age, but to eternal life. Because we heard the promise that whoever eats this bread, he said, him, him will live forever. What a great promise. There is nothing better we can hear. In fact, we can say that's the whole summary of the gospel. Whoever receives Jesus, eats his body, drinks his blood, will live forever. So today we are, of course, celebrating the solemnity of the most sacred body and blood of Christ, uh, the, the greatest gift that Jesus left us, that he is st still present with us through this gift. In fact, when we uh, do the introduction to Mass, we hear that this is the meeting place of God, that we are to be reverent, we are to be uh, respectful, because this is a special place. We encounter God, our Lord and Savior, in the Eucharist, in the Word, in each other, in the liturgy that we celebrate. So then encounter, then needs, something needs to happen when we encounter Him, right? We heard in the first reading that what Jesus did was prefigured in the Old Testament as well. That God, after He took the, His people, chosen people, out of the land of Egypt, where they lived in slavery, He nourished them for 40 years, 40 long years, with manna that came down and nourished them, preserved their lives, literally saved them from certain death. And now we hear that Moses, before he died, in his last message to the people said what? Don't forget, don't forget who is behind all these blessings, who is behind your freedom, who is behind the fact that you, a small nation, grew to, to, to this uh, powerful nation. Not that they, they, were, they were somehow recognized or anything like that, but they were very special in God's eyes, grew in numbers. So Moses said to the people, remember and celebrate and honor the one that, that brought you to this point in your lives. How timely is that message? We need to always remember who is behind the blessings of our freedom, of the fact that we can come and worship freely without any repercussions, and many other blessings that we experience in life. Do not forget. So that's what Moses wanted people to do. Now, in the second reading, we heard from St. Paul writing to the Corinthians. And yes, they were a very fruitful community, but sometimes divided as well. So he told them, look, we gather to celebrate the Eucharist, but then what happens? We become divided. We are one body, he said, the body of Christ. So he said, when we participate in receiving the body and blood of the Lord, we can then be divided. There is one loaf of bread, one body of Christ. So don't, don't make mockery of, your, of the Eucharist. 
you receive it, let it be reflected in the way you live. So again, that's a challenge for us. How the receiving of the, the body and blood of the Lord then change us. Moses encountered God in the burning bush for the very first time. Then he encountered him in a very powerful, even more powerful way on the mountain when God gave him the Ten Commandments. And he was never the same. And he wanted the people to have that same experience. Don't be the same because the Lord touched your lives. So we encounter Christ in his body and blood and in many other ways. But today particularly we are invited, of course, to reflect on the Eucharist. We encounter him. What does it do to us? We are one body, one Lord, one baptism. Catholicism is, Catholicism is a sacramental religion. The seven sacraments, of course, the first one is the baptism they receive, confirmation, and other sacraments. Some of them we only receive one. The Eucharist, of course, we are invited to receive frequently, as frequently as we can, and it's always available to us. The, the opening hymn said it beautifully, we come with no money, we don't have to pay for it. Jesus gives it to us freely, himself, his life for the life of the world, for each one of us. One body, one Lord, one baptism. There is a story of a man who was a regular at this restaurant and he loved bread. So with every meal he wanted bread. So he would get one piece and uh, he would ask for more. So it was never enough, so they gave him two, three pieces of bread, four, five, six. He always said, I love bread and I love lots of it. So the manager tried to teach him a lesson, so he had the kitchen, the chef, bake a bread that was four feet long and two feet wide. And he brought it to his table, and the man looked at it and he said, oh, so we're back to one piece. <laughs> One loaf of bread. When we come to receive Jesus, when we come participate in the, in the reception of the Eucharist, a small host is placed on our hand, on our, on our tongue. Very small. And then we take a sip of wine, consecrated wine from the chalice. So physically, perhaps, they will not do something great. But spiritually, if we grasp the meaning of what is happening at that very moment, that the living, living God enters us, what should it do to us? We say amen when we receive the Eucharist. Something very precious is placed on our hand. We come empty-handed and something so precious, priceless, is given to us. And then we, we walk. And of course, we know that met our metabolism absorbs that bread and wine, the consecrated bread and wine, turns it into whatever our body needs, muscles, blood cells, blood or whatever, right? Spiritually, what happens? Something should happen, of course, that we become who we receive. We become and then nourish those. We become who we receive so then we, as Jesus nourishes us and nourished people throughout the, the, the history, then we become that nourishment to those, for those around us. Let's not forget the meaning of, of gathering here. Participation is something so unique. Now, we know, of course, that sometimes there is difficulty believing that, that bread and wine after consecration are the real presence of Christ. Even among Catholics, some still don't believe that it is truly Jesus' presence there. Why not? You see, at the Last Supper, Jesus didn't say, this is like my body, or this is like my blood. He said, no, this is my blood. This is my body. How does it happen? Well, 
we pray that the Holy Spirit may come down of these gifts and transform them, change them into the body and blood of Christ. That's how it happens. How did it happen that a blind person received his or her sight when Jesus encountered them? A lay person could walk. Jesus only said a word. Sometimes he touched that person and it happened. He can't make it happen and he does. We can always trust that it is really him. There is a story of a priest who went to visit his family and it was Thanksgiving and his father had leukemia. So they all knew this was his last Thanksgiving. So as uh, the priest was leaving, he, uh, he couldn't say goodbye. He just didn't know. He, didn't, he knew it was going to be emotional and very hard. So at the door, he changed his mind and he went downstairs to the den where his father was in his reclining chair, very weak. And he didn't know what to say, so he just gave him a hug. And his father, with weak voice and tears in his eyes, he said, son, please don't forget me. And of course, in his mind, he knew that that's impossible to forget my father. In a sense, that's what Jesus tells us. Don't forget who I am, what I do for you. So as we gather for the Eucharist every Sunday, or we are invited, of course, to, do, to come together every Sunday to participate, it's something so unique. Let us make sure that it's visible in the way we conduct our lives. Jesus said, those who re we receive him will never be hungry or thirsty. Those who encounter us should experience the same. Little bit of, of love being, being poured out for them or to them. We know what people hunger and thirst today, right? Let us be that nourishment that Jesus is for us and always appreciate such great gift that is present among us. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.